What is up, you wonderful, fantastic, beautiful people of the world? This is Ashley Campbell with Daily Encouragement. And today we are going to be talking about are you foreboding while you're waiting on God? And I'm going to break that down for you guys. I'm going to share, you know, just basically from my own life, you know, um, my experiences with that, as well as some things that I came to, I guess, wouldn't understand, but I guess some things that the Lord highlighted for me this morning when I was reading through Isaiah, as far as what should, how should we wait on God? What should we be expecting? I think that's really, really important, you guys. So by the time you guys hear this episode, it's going to be August 30th, 2023. I can't believe it's already like almost the end of the year. Um, I'm not going to lie. I'm definitely looking forward to the fall. It is just too hot and humid out here right now. It's like Lord Jesus. So uh, we're, we're definitely looking forward to the fall. I don't know about you guys. Summer is usually my favorite season because I love being outside, getting in the sun. Sometimes that humidity is just, ugh, good Lord. I, I miss the summers of the West Coast. I'll just say that. All right. So let's get into this thing, y'all. I was talking to you guys. I can't even remember what I was talking about last week. I don't even know if I wrote it down. It's supposed to be what makes you feel vulnerable. Oh, that's what it was. And I gave you guys a list of things that people say to me that make me feel vulnerable. And uh, I was going to be talking about, you know, foreboding, but I didn't, I didn't get to it. So today we're going to jump in. So last year, I'm trying to think, when was this? I think these are my notes from last year, right? So this is from August 2022. This was part of Revelation Revamp where I share with you guys the biggest revelations or the insights I've had. And, uh, you know, back in August of 2022, um, I was asking the Lord if he would help me grow in patience, courage, and hope, okay? Well, the only way you can walk in courage is to take off any kind of armor that you might be putting on in your life. And you guys, I, I shared with you the book that I've read from Brene Brown, Daring Greatly. She talks about the armor that we put on uh, when it comes to vulnerability. She did a really great job just helping me understand my own human experience, um, emotions. She does a really great job with that. She's got a fantastic book out called Atlas of the Heart, where she breaks down like 70 or 80 emotions we experience as humans and gives language to it. And language is so powerful because that is the only means that we have to tell someone what we mean, what we're thinking and actually communicate, right? And, get, and let our voices be heard. And so, you know, as far as that goes, I think especially in the terms of, you know, growing in our own insight and understanding and growing in our purpose, getting our needs met. These are things that we need to know. And this is stuff that's not taught in school, barely taught in families. Um, you guys, there's so much out there that's lacking, but you know, I hope and pray that the things I share with you guys are starting to fill some voids in your life. And as a result of that, you're going to be able to, to fill the voids in other people's lives per se, right? You're going to be, uh, that missing piece of the puzzle, you know? And so, Anyway, I was, I was asking the Lord to help me grow in those three values last year. And uh, one of the pieces of armor that I have put on over the years that I didn't even know was foreboding. Do you guys know what foreboding is? Really simple definition. It says, I have a premonition of evil or harm. All right, so foreboding. The apprehension of coming misfortune, anticipation, or anxiety. Anybody, anybody on here struggle with anxiety? Oh my gosh, massively. I have, you know, it's like, it doesn't, I can have everything I need, right? Everything's taken care of. And my mind's still thinking about, well, crap, what am I going to do if this happens? Or how am I going to have money if I need money for this? Or where am I going to get money for that? My mind's always thinking about the future, future worry. That's what you can say anxiety is future worry. And so this girl right here, man, that's been like one of the hugest things that I've struggled with. I still, to this day. All right. 
So anxiety, what is that? Disturbance of mind regarding some uncertain event, okay? So, you know, that's why it's been important for me to recognize these things about myself and then ask the Lord to help me grow in the values and in the understanding so I don't have to live with that mindset all the time, right? You guys, there's certain things that you're just gonna have to accept about yourself that were basically part of your human conditioning, all right? And so when you talk about foreboding as far as uh, anticipating coming misfortune, you have to ask yourself, where did you learn that from? Or who did you learn that from? Does that make sense? You didn't, we don't just come into this world with like predetermined mindsets and thoughts and all of that, right? And that's a whole nother podcast. I'm gonna be, mm, I can get fired up about something right now. Just the whole mindset of everything's like permanent. And this is the way it is. And you know, I, I was thinking in the terms of like uh, cur current, current events and you know, corrupt government, all this kind of stuff. There's there's a mindset out there that's just like, oh, well, you know what? This is just the way the thing is. But you know what? I don't agree with that. And I'll save that for another podcast. The point is, in the context of foreboding, and if you are experiencing, anticipating coming misfortune, or crap's going to hit the fan, or, you know, something good's going on in your life, but you're like, you're, you're very, you feel very vulnerable to lean into that. Where did that come from? That experience, that mindset, it was a learned behavior, right? And how do I know? Well, if it's from experience, being human. You guys, I told y'all, I grew up with a couple alcoholic parents who didn't have their crap together, okay? And as a result of that, it was always doom and gloom. Where are we gonna get money to pay these bills? What are we gonna do about this? What are we gonna do about that? There was never any mindset of better things are gonna come, Right. I think I told you guys when I was working on my uh, devotional last year, as I was reading through it, I realized why I never had a mindset of I'm going to get like a big return on the effort I put in. Because when I was growing up, my parents always said, we're doing the best we can. And there was never any greater results than the same crap that I was still in my whole life. Does that make sense? So I was like, wow, Lord, this is so interesting. I mean, how comfortable are you guys with digging into your life and, and things you've been through? I mean, are you able to look at your experiences and get some understanding for yourself? And this is why I tell you guys, my book, Nuggets of Truth, is going to help you do that. I share my experiences with you guys. And then I ask you some super powerful questions to help you guys get some insight. I share a story with you guys or some insights, you know, either from my own life or reading the Bible or whatever. And then I try to help you guys see it in the context of your life so you can use the information. All right, I'm really passionate about Christians moving forward in the relationship with God. You know, there's nothing more time wasting than continually hearing the same thing over and over again, which is, I talked about this on the podcast I just released today, you guys, be sure to go check that out. But the last couple times I've walked into different churches and I'm not gonna say what kind of churches they were because the point is, is who cares? The common theme is you gotta be saved. Okay, yeah, we know that. But now what? People are looking to actually use God's word and his grace and his power and his spirit in the real life with the things they got going on right now. And that's what I'm passionate about. So that's why I, I'm telling you guys, get your hands on my book because it's going to help you change your life if you're ready to dig into these things. You can't be afraid to look at where you came from. You are you because you're a product of your experiences. You're a product of the mindsets that were handed down to you. you and here's the thing. If you've got a current struggle in your life right now, okay? This is why it's so beautiful to realize that, you know what, it doesn't matter as far as, because a lot of people say, well, I don't have this or that, so therefore I can't do nothing. 
You know the best thing you can do? Is ask yourself, how, Lord, is the mindset I'm in right now that's got me feeling like a victim or got me feeling stuck? How was that shaped in my life? Because then you can understand, get some insight, and then guess what you learn that's super important? You learned how to give yourself mercy and compassion. Because Jesus already said, you can't love someone until you've learned to love yourself. And there's so much garbage around these kinds of statements. People are so, in, like, they're so afraid. We are so love-starved in this world that if anybody talks about taking care of themselves, people get defensive because they have so much lack of support in their current relationships. They're like, what do you mean? Take care of yourself. That's selfish, right? Because their needs are not being met. Well, number one, you're not even meeting your own needs. You don't even know what you need. And if you do know what you need, you're not even telling anybody. So whose fault is that? That's the other thing I'm gonna say. So it's important because People want to know that they can trust you and connect with you. But if you're not willing to understand yourself, right? And then have the ingredients that you need to give to somebody else, you can't give it to them. You cannot give what you have not received. And I've talked about that so many times on this podcast, you guys, and I'm going to keep saying it because it's so, it's so vital and important. And I talked about it last week. I talked about it Friday. Remember we were, I was in Matthew nine. And the Pharisees came up to Jesus and they're like, dude, why are you sitting all these tax collectors and sinners? Jesus, has, Jesus was literally displaying to us, I still have a relationship with them, even though I know who they are and what, where they came from. Jesus came to, to exercise the relational aspect of it. Isn't it amazing how when you know you've really done somebody wrong, that they still want to sit in your presence? And that doesn't, here's the other thing. I know people are like, well, wait a minute. You know, well, well, we have to acknowledge our sin, duh. You don't, you don't go back in someone's presence who has hurt you until you deal with the issues. Isn't that what God did? This is why I don't understand Christians who talk about, oh, you can't have boundaries as a Christian. Did you know God, have ba God has boundaries? He has standards. He knows what he needs, what he wants, and he knows what is required to have a relationship with him. Do you even know those things as a human being that, that is made in his image? Do you know how important that is? Jesus, God already knew exactly what was needed to satisfy the requirements and he provided that through Jesus Christ so he confronted the things that separated you from him things that hurt him do you guys know what forgiveness really means forgiveness means to release resentment from your heart the only way you can release resentment is to tell the truth and be honest about the injury that occurred what was needed can you guys do that let's let's go back if you've had any kind of fallout in a relationship or a job fell out, any kind of issue, something died in your life. Not just a person, but something that you needed or wanted just fell apart. Have you had balls enough to go back and look at that situation and ask yourself, what was the cause of death? What did I need? How was I behaving? Here's the thing, you guys, I understand when we're talking about this, because, okay, if you are like I was growing up, where you learn to completely take yourself out of the equation. I shared with you guys when I was super young. I came home from school one day. I was six or seven years old. Um, I'd finally started opening up about the things that were happening at home with my stepdad, physically abusing my mom every single day, um, screaming, yelling, fighting. It's super stressful as a kid. And I just started talking to people that I trusted at school, my first grade teacher. And talking to her, I, I felt better, right? It was like this pressure valve was being released. Well, as a result of that, she 
had to tell the school, I guess, you know, how they have like mandatory reporting crap. So she went ahead and uh, told the school. So then the school called my mom and said, hey, what's going on here? You know, uh, we're very concerned. Um, and my, I came home, my mom goes, Ashley, if you continue to talk about what's going on at home, then you're gonna go to CPS. You'll never see me again. You'll get molested by somebody and this or that. Well, I freaked out. On the inside, I was like, wait a minute, my life already sucks as it is, I'm already stressed. Why the hell do I wanna go to CPS and go get molested by somebody? And if you don't think that don't happen in foster care systems, you've lost your dang mind and you are out of touch with reality because stuff happens. And I'm not saying every foster care is bad. I'm just saying if families start dealing with their issues, then that'll be one less thing for a kid to have to go through. Parents take responsibility for the problems in your home, please. All right. And then you don't need some third party source out there trying to fix crap that they're not even aware of. You get what I'm trying to say. Are you catching what I'm cooking, bro? Anyway, so where was I? Came home. My mom told me that. I learned to completely just say, you know what? If I try to get what I need or what I taken care of done, it just doesn't seem to work. That was a belief that was formed in me as a young child. And I took that with me all the way up until I was about 29, 30 years old. Guys, I'm gonna be 38 in October. All right. So it's been a long, intense healing period almost these last 10 years of me unlearning certain mindsets. But then in order for me to unlearn it, I had to give myself the space to figure out where did the heck did it even come from? And, and as I've told you guys this before, when you're healing or when you're on a path of healing and you're, or, un, or insight and understanding, because the only thing you can deal with is your own life. God's going to use your memories to help you understand where your mindsets came from, the meanings that you've attached to that. And so back to what I was saying, talking about taking care of yourself first. A lot of people get freaked out about that because the relationships that they've had completely abandoned. Well, you know what? When you understand these things about yourself and what you need, then you're able to operate like that with other people. And that's what God did. God's like, look, I know what I need. So God's like, I need rest. You know, I needed, I, he needed Jesus Christ to go on the cross to satisfy his own hurt, right? This guy's, this has to be dealt with. There's a price to be paid right, from the behaviors of, I mean, think about any evil crappy thing that humans have done. Horrible crap, right? And God created us for good and we're going against that. That hurts him. Right? So that had to be dealt with. That wasn't God's heart. God was resentful. He was frustrated. Right? I think he flooded the earth the first time. He's like, dude, everything you think is, is wicked and evil. Boom. Hoping to start over. Didn't work. See, and this is why I say this whole mindset of things are predetermined is a bunch of crap. Because if it was, God wouldn't have given us a second chance to have another earth. Did you know that you have the opportunity to change your mind if you get some insight and understanding by the Spirit of God? Why do you think you need the Spirit? What is the Spirit? thoughts, emotions, and a will. God will give you new perspective on things. You have to let him into those places that you hide. But I digress. So let's go back to foreboding, right? Anticipating misfortune, anxiety, right? Future worry. Well, I learned that growing up. So let's have you, how are you doing? So, okay. Let's go. Let, I'm, now I'm going to start sharing with you guys what I was going through this morning and hopefully I can marry these things together for you guys. Okay. So check this out. I was in Isaiah. What was it? Oh, did I write the chapter down? Hold on, you guys. There was a couple things that I was looking at this morning. And uh, here we go. This is Isaiah 30. It says, therefore, the Lord will wait that he may be gracious to you. And therefore, he will, he will be exalted that he may have mercy on you. For the Lord is a God of justice. Blessed are those who wait for him. All right. So what does it mean to wait? What do you guys think of when wait when we talk about waiting? 
think about what words mean to you, the, the, the definitions that you have, and ask yourself, are they even in line with what God means? Here's a, here's a perfect example. If I say fear God, what does that mean? You know how I hear most Christians talk about that? Don't, I don't, I don't want to, I fear God because I know that like, he could like kick my ass. And if you get offended by the language, you guys, sometimes it just comes out because these are important highlight words. It's like, this is real life. And if this offends you, then you probably shouldn't watch my videos because I do drop bombs here and there, okay? So if you don't like that and you're a Christian, I apologize. But I, I'm, I, I'm talking to people who can like relate to me and where I came from, all right, in that way. And sometimes they're just appropriate words. So people all just like, oh man, you know, God's super powerful and he can like smoke me, right? He can destroy my life. So I got to keep myself in line. I don't want to disappoint him. And there's nothing wrong with that. But did you know that God, when you look at fear, there's two definitions, literally look it up in the, look, please look it up in the dictionary. You know, the second definition of fear means to be in awe of where you're like, wow, that is really incredible, Lord. Have you ever got, had God do something so good for you and it just changes you because it was so good. It was like, oh my gosh. I mean, I, I can do nothing but respond to you in this way. There's no trying or pleasing or burden. It's just, wow, out of the gratefulness of my heart, this is how I want to respond. It's birthed out of you. It's like a natural reaction. All right. If something does, if someone does something good for you, you know, and God, when he does something good, it's like huge. Right. And so anyway, where was I going with that? I totally lost my thought. You guys, I hate when that happens. I start talking about so many different things and I'm like, gosh, where was I? Oh, okay. Waiting on God. Right. What does that mean? So usually it means, okay. Oh, we we're talking about fear. That's what it was. So def different definitions. Wait, what does wait mean to you? They mean just like literally sitting there and waiting. Oh God, I hate waiting, right? It's so boring. I'm not doing anything. I'm just sitting here. That's what most people think of. Well, if you look at the actual definition of it, it means to remain in expectation as of an anticipated action or event. When I saw that years ago, I was like, wow, Lord, that really just like exposed my lack of, of expectation. Why? because I was stuck in foreboding. That kind of gets me here and there. You guys, have you ever been waiting on the Lord to do something for a long time? You know, you feel like it's been forever. I mean, come on, how do you think Abraham felt like 22 years of waiting to have a baby? Woo! You know, he got a little impatient when his wife was like, hey, uh, go sleep with the main servant. Oh Lord, you guys get what I mean? The point is, is some things take a lot longer than what we anticipate and old mindsets can fall in. Abraham was raised by human beings as we were. Did you know that? Did you know that every person you read about in the Bible, you like might think so highly of them, but they were raised by humans. They had their lack they're dealing with. The crazy thing about the generation we're in is the information that we now have about the human experience that they didn't have access to. They didn't know. You guys, I believe that's part of the reason why we can do even greater things, right? Because there's so much out there that God has like helped us to see through other people, right? There's certain things that used to be hidden that aren't hidden anymore. So anyway, I digress. So what is wait? Remain in expectation. So when I saw that, I was I was feeling all exposed. I was like, dang, Lord, like, yeah, you got me, right? Got him. Um, I'm not in, in expectation. Like I was, 
But I was like, well, if it doesn't work out, okay. Have you guys ever reasoned that way too? I mean, Abraham didn't do that. He was like, well, if I don't have a kid, maybe he did for a time, but he still held on. And that's, that's really the core of it is remaining in expectation as an anticipated action or event. So let me move on. So in the context of the verse I just read in Isaiah 30, which is verse 18, just read the whole chapter though. I, I always say, read the whole chapter. If I give you a chapter, read the whole thing. Don't just read the verse. What are we waiting for? What, what are you waiting for in the Lord? Right? So check this out. It says, therefore the Lord will wait that he may be gracious to you. Okay. And therefore he will be exalted that he may have mercy on you. For the Lord is a God of justice. Blessed are all those who wait for him. So what should you be waiting for? Check this out. For him to be gracious to you, have mercy on you, and to bring justice. And that's a whole nother conversation, y'all. But blessed are those who wait for him. Gracious, mercy, and justice. Do you have room for those three things and you're thinking in your relationship with God and in your relationship to waiting for the things that he's going to bring into your life. Okay. Is there room for mercy for him to be gracious and to bring justice? You might not even know what any of those things mean. Well, that's the problem. If you don't know what it means for someone to be gracious or merciful towards you or to bring justice, that's why a lot of people struggle too. They're like, Oh, there's no justice. Look how corrupt everything is. I'm telling you, that's another podcast. We're going to be getting into that. Yeah, you just wait and see. So, what is your thinking on those three things? So, let's look at some definitions. Gracious, what does that mean? Disposed to show grace or favor, full of kindness or love. Mercy, the act of treating an offender with less severity than he deserves. Forbearance, to injure others when one has power to do so. Right? God has power to injure us, right? And that's where people get scared. And I get it. That's where, like, fear comes in. Oh, my God, don't injure me, Lord. He's like, ah, no, I don't want to do that. I've already set up the requirements so that doesn't happen. And if it did happen, it's from your own thinking and decision-making anyway. Did you know the reason people go to hell is because they thought their way into it? They're like unrepentant as far as like the no, taking no responsibility, didn't see they were prideful, didn't see what they needed from Christ. They didn't realize they needed love and forgiveness and mercy and grace. Did you know only humble people are getting into heaven? That's it. There ain't no other group. Humble thyself. Lay it all down. Surrender, right? What does that look like? And this is why sometimes it's so hard for us to move forward because we have to learn to take these areas in our life. Ask yourself this. Where in your life right now, in the context of let's just let's go let's go over let's go over the seven areas of life. So in the context of your social and family relationships, so your relationships education, career, your finances, health, routine responsibilities, your contribution to society and your mental, emotional, and overall well-being. Where in those areas do you need these three things from him? Where do you need grace and mercy and justice? Did you know God wants to work in your real life right now? No, this is why a lot of people think following God is pointless because they're like, okay, I'm gonna go to heaven. But God, we got crap to deal with today. We got issues today. We've got corruptness going on right now, okay? Um, maybe you need mercy in your life and your money. Maybe you have not been a good steward with it, right? Or your health, all these things. I want you to start putting meat on the bone or guess what? 
it's completely irrelevant. And that's why you don't see God because you're not looking at the areas of your life where you need these things he came to give. You're not opening yourself up to it. You wanna see God open yourself up to what you need in every area of your life. And you do that through uncovering the biggest burden that you have right now. I don't know what it is. I only ask you these questions because guess what? You know what I think about human beings? I think they're fully capable. I think you are able to discern these things if I ask you the question, right? And I've given you guys tons of tools, tons of tools, so many tools. You have to use the things I've given to you. You got to do the work. That is how you keep your authority and you don't become a slave and have tyrants ruling over you. Did you know that? Taking full responsibility for your life. What do I need? What do I want? How do I get it? What's the process, Lord? I need wisdom. I need mercy. I need grace. I need truth. I need justice. I need all these things. I need your help. Talk to God about these things. You guys think that God doesn't speak because you're, you're literally expecting some voice to crack open out of the sky and literally talk to you like a puppet. It don't work that way. You know how the Lord speaks? I don't like to use that word because then people like literally anticipate it's all through a thought. If you can identify the thoughts in your mind, you can start identifying which ones to throw away and which ones to keep. How do you do that? How do you know which thoughts to give away and which thoughts to keep? Reality and truth. Is it true? Is what you're thinking true? Have you ever blown anything out of proportion in your life because you were hurt? You like made it way bigger than it was? Or you say it's always gonna be this way? Well, wait a minute, is it always gonna be that way? Or is it just a certain context? Do you see how your past will haunt you right now in the future in that way? When you say those things to yourself, the point is, is can you tell yourself the truth? Can you humble yourself enough to acknowledge when you know you ain't thinking the right thing? When you are being prideful, when you are in those modes. And here's the, here's the really awesome thing about God too. He's even greater. That when you are in that mindset, when you do recognize that you're, you know, you're being a victim or you're feeling sorry for yourself, or you're, you have yourself a pity party. I've done it all. Guess what? God doesn't judge me for that. I tell him and I'm like, Lord, help me to receive what I need from you, to humble myself, right? What new perspectives do I need to take on about this? Or what do I already know that I just need to keep on with? And I'm just sitting here throwing a fit, right? Cause it's, it's not going the way I want it to or whatever, okay? There's so many reasons as to why we behave that way at times. And this is why those areas are important. God wants to love us in those places, you know? And so let me see if there's anything else I got to share with you guys really quick. So. Here we go. Uh, actually, actually, I think that was pretty much it. We're gonna stop right there. I will say this really quick. So if you are full of fear, right? There's so many Christians full of fear right now. It's really sad, honestly. What does the Bible say about that? And you guys, look, I, right here, I understand. I used to be that way too, right? There was a lot of things I didn't know. There was a lot of burdens I was carrying, a lot of confusion in my life because these things that I'm telling you right now, I did not know eight years ago, all right? I, I've done some really, really hard work, especially since like 2016, you know, and it's changed my life. And this is why I'm here sharing it with you guys because I was like, wow, Lord, if I would have had a, somebody else talking to me about these things, I would have been in a completely different spot in my life, you know? And God, and like I said, God wants to be very near to us. He is near to us, but we miss him because we don't understand the mechanisms that he uses to communicate. He uses our thoughts. He uses the thoughts of other people, right? How do I know that? Someone comes into your life and says something and it just sparks something that you believe that God's been speaking to you. They, you know what I mean? Confirmation, we call it in the Christian community. All right. 
or, or just whatever, you know, the Lord uses all kinds of things or he'll even use nature sometimes looking outside talking about, you know, you want to, you want to contemplate how big and vast God is. Go look outside, go count the leaves that fall from the trees in the fall. Go count every blade of grass, every star in the sky, right? God is abundant. How do we know? Look at what he's created. God only produces as a result of who he is in his character. That's why you can rely on him. That's why he never changes. Did you guys listen to the podcast I did on Saturday? It's only eight minutes, but oh man, it was so good. It was like, are you relying on God because you're expecting a certain result or who he is? And I'm not going to get into that. You got to go back and listen to it. Be sure to stream Daily Encouragement with Ashley Campbell on whatever podcast uh, spot you stream podcasts on. iTunes, Spotify, Amazon Music. What's the other one? iHeart. I think it's on iHeartRadio. I'm not sure. There's a, there's quite a few. But uh, you guys got to go check it out. The point is, let me go back to this. I got to say this. If you want to get fear out of your life, it says perfect love casts out fear. Are you vulnerable enough as a human being to receive love from God? What is love? First Corinthians 13, love. Love is patient. Love is kind. It doesn't envy. It doesn't boast. Have you let someone be patient and kind towards you? I, like I said on another podcast, you want to know the quickest humility. Uh, what do you call it? Thermostat. You want to know how humble you are? Figure out what you will receive from somebody. How good are you at receiving good from other people? Does it make you feel vulnerable and uncomfortable? Oh my God, like I feel so humiliated right now that they're doing this for me. Do you feel humiliated and embarrassed, right? Those are the areas you've got to bring to the Lord. God's people are humble people because we all benefit from each other. We're supposed to be a body that flows. Could you imagine if the heart rejected the blood and didn't want to pump it, right? Oh, I don't, my heart, I'm not that strong. I can't pump it that good. Bro, you better hope and pray that your heart's pumping and doing its job. People are that way too. You got to know your function and then you get to receive the function of another person in your life. The good that they play, the good that they play. And that's why you got to be able to discern what kind of people are in your circle. All right. If you can't do that, oh my gosh. And that's why you guys got to get my book. Anyway, I better get off this podcast, you guys. Wisdom, Facebook, I'm not, I'm not leaving you just yet. But you guys, thank you for tuning into the podcast. You guys, I'll talk to you next week.